listening to Free Beers and a Movie. Nice. Hello and welcome to episode 189 of Three Beers and a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Barry Neal. Barry, how are you? Better now. Better now. Barry had a little rant off mic or off recording um, about many, many things. He's now calm <laughs> and chilled. Um, yes. We are so doing it over Zoom as, as normal, so I think Barry's been waiting for about two days to get that the anger out. Um, and he's out got out, so now he's a calm, chilled Barry. Yeah, I've got yeah. a beer in my hands, but it's all good. Be it's all good. What beer uh, are you that, uh, It's just uh, the usual, Rudolph Punk IPA. Classic, we love it. It's a good staple of this podcast, you know. It is. We, Brewdog should sponsor us, but Brewdog with far bigger things to deal with than a, than a, a podcast. Um, Absolutely. I'm not drinking, Absolutely. I'm on a hot chocolate because it's a Sunday night and I'm an old man. Um, yeah. But I did... I'm now, get, I'm now at the stage of lockdown. You see, when I'm cooking stuff and a recipe asks for water, I now don't put uh-huh. water in it. I, I, I put beer in it instead. <laughs> so I made a stew, um, like a, a steak pie. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. so yeah. rather than cooking uh, like the meat and stuff like that in water, I, I put it all in beer. Um, yeah. that's just, that, like I said, that's, that's a lockdown stage we're at right now. Because, um, nice. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm currently into an alcoholic slowly, but not drinking <laughs> it, just sort of imbibing it through food. <laughs> <laughs> it, That's what I was going to say. Yeah, it very much fucked up my rice pudding. It tastes nice on meat, so that was good. Um, mm. As always, we, we usually start with some movie news. Now, I've not got anything, but you've told me you've got two stories of interest that you want to bring to the floor tonight. What yeah, other yeah. stories of interest? Fire away. First one, it was hinted at maybe about a year ago or two years ago, I can't quite remember, but then it kind of disappeared. Time it, has has came, it has came back and this time it seems to be actually sticking around. Netflix are trialling out uh, how to uh, work out how people are sharing their accounts and getting oh. people to stop it. So... Oh. Exactly. And I you know how much we, you know, because I do, I like, I share my account with at least one other person that I know of that's yeah. not in my house. So what they're thinking is going to happen is the person that's not the account holder, they're going to find out who the account holder is first, make right. a note of their IP address. Right. And then when the other people who are using your account go to watch it, they'll ask, do you know the account holder? Right. And if you click, if you click, or it'll be it's something like if you are, are you in the same house with the account holder or something right. like that? Okay. Something like that. And if you say yes, they're going to take a note of your IP address. And then if it doesn't match up, then they're going to block that other person from like accessing like your account. Yeah. So the person who's the second person's account gets blocked or the first person gets blocked. No, sorry, my apologies. The person that's piggybacking off of the actual account holder, they will get blocked. If they even say, like, yes, and I live with this person, they're going to take... That's how they think they're going to do it. They're going to use IP addresses to, to track if people are actually in the same houses or not, whether or not that's true or not. But that's what I've heard is, like, that's how they're going to do it. They're going to use the IP addresses for people. I would imagine this is an issue for, for Netflix because Netflix they have got oh, mar- they have got a huge market share right now. I think probably mm. like most of the market share is them. Mm. However, they must know this is an issue of people, you know, me buying it and then my three sisters or my two sisters and my niece don't buy it because they're getting it off me. Mm. You know, that could mm. be an issue. That's not what's happening by the way, but that's that could in theory happen. Mm. 
they want to get that money. They want to get the other account money, you know. So rather than me paying seven ninety nine, they want to get they want to make twenty eight quid out of all of this, you know. Rather, mm. I guess the way the way this was, I mean, I, I can't really see them. If they make it more expensive, I can all you know to, to buy it because to you know to balance this out. That's only going to encourage people to do it more. Yeah, the the price was already pretty low to begin with, so mm. people are still doing it. So lowering the price won't help it at all. So. This might no. just be an evil they've got to live with, unfortunately. You know, because I feel that the IP address thing is, is too open to, you know, what people are using VPNs and things like that. You know, are they going to stop? You know, is that going to stop you from using it? You know, that can access. You know, if you're using your laptop, if you put Netflix in your laptop, mm. you know, the IP address for that is like when you're at home. But then you see you go to a hotel and start watching it, and the IP address is different. Does that mean? That yeah. At that point. Well, you know, I- I don't know. Well, I don't actually know the full technical ins and outs of it, but I don't know if it'll be something like, for example, like you said, if you're sitting in a hotel, like I am also very partial to taking my iPad on holiday with me. If I can't sleep, I'll sit yeah. there and watch shite till I fall asleep. Yeah. I don't know if you'll get like a notification on your phone to ask, yeah. like, are you watching this? Know how it pings up, like your yeah. account's getting accessed in London or some yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know if it'll be like something like that. Uh, uh, unless know. what they do is they do unless what they do they do with some things it's like you can only access certain things from like say four devices you know I get that with a few things I've got like I yeah. my internet banking and stuff like that so I can only access it on my laptop and my phone you've got, mm-hmm. you've got to pick two devices yeah maybe we'll do something like that you know if you if I buy Netflix I can only access it on three different sort of sources so like so if I'd be like okay that's my TV my laptop and then that leads me one more to you like I give it to my, my Kindle or I can yeah. let someone else use it but that that well, was my three devices. BT, BT Sports do it, you know. If you want to, you know, yeah. they, you know, if I if I want to share my BT Sports app with somebody, in theory, BT Sports can shut the app down because they know it's not being used by me, you know. In theory, mm. ah, it's a, uh, I I really don't know how they're going to play this. Like you said, there might just be a necessary evil that they have to just unfortunately live with because, yeah. as you know, anything tech companies tend to bring out, people will very quickly find a workaround against of it. Course. So, you know. I think what Netflix will probably do more. Netflix is actually not available in as many countries as you think it is. It's available in America, North, in North America, and it's available in a bit of Europe. There's whole country, there's whole swathe of Europe where mm. it's not available because they've not moved into that market yet. Same with like, I think it's not even that prevalent in Australia right now. You know, my cousins didn't really use it up until very recently. So mm. that might be that might be more of a sort of way of increasing the market is to expand into other territories. Yeah, you know, totally. Did. Rather than you know, rather than this, but who knows? Um, I'm, I was talking recently about, I've, I've got about, I think about half a dozen streaming services that I use, you know, um, that I pay for. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I ever have to come and ditch one, like get rid of one, you know, to, make, to balance the books, right now it's not an issue if I'm not at the cinema, but if I have to balance the books at some point by ditching one, I think Netflix might be the one to go, because I don't think the content of Netflix is worthwhile keeping. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. Totally. Compared to the ones I have. I think, I would... I, See that we spoke. Of, I think we spoke about this off air last week before we hit record button. That uh, Netflix has always been like real, like the cheapest or really yeah. low. But every now and again, there's always just one little nugget that just makes you not cancel it. Like yeah. whether it be a kind of long running TV show or whatever, whatever. But there's always just this wee nugget in amongst all the shit that keeps right. you fucking. I'll just leave I'm, it. It's only seven pound a month or something, you know. I'm probably the same as your wife. I'm keeping it purely for Stranger Things. 
yeah, that's, yeah. That's yeah. all I'm looking for. That's literally yeah. all I'm waiting for is Stranger Things season four to come out. That's all I'm waiting for. Mm. You know, everything else I, I barely touch with anything else. Yeah, I'm yeah. literally waiting for Stranger Things. I'm only the only reason I'm not cancelling. Like I know that's due out in like August, September. I'm thinking, well, if I cancel it now, I have to re-hire it in order to get it back on for, for then. It seems yeah. like a palaver to go through. So I'm like, just fuck it for seven pounds a month, leave it. You know, I, I spend more on donuts in a, in a month. Aye. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. totally. Which is which explains a lot of stuff about me. Um. <laughs> so. <laughs> um. So I'm, I, I just leave it. But yeah, I I, I would think if I'm if I'm gonna, if I were have to ditch one permanently and I'm not gonna bring it back. Like if they tell me the next thing your thing season, that's the last one to do. I'm going no, that's pretty much the only thing I want to watch and I'm desperate to see. I'll probably mm. ditch. I, I could in theory ditch that one. And keep. I'm quite. I quite like Amazon for the, the content. Um, yeah. I like Disney yeah. Plus. has got better now because of the addition of the Star Channel on it. Um. I like Shudder. I, I like um, Apple Plus because it's got some decent stuff on it as well. And it's got I think a better standard mm. of content. Mm. And for all we know right now, Paramount might bring out an app. MG, eh, not MGM, you know, HBO might bring an app out to do stuff mm. on it as well. I'd much rather have them than Netflix. But right now, I'm still got it. But I, I can see if I'm going to ditch one, it's going to be Netflix. Yeah, totally. As as like you said, like more of these bigger companies take their own content back to make their own streaming uh, services. Netflix, you found very quickly became almost like a ghost town of like not very <laughs> good content. Yeah, you know. Just- Poor, poor, poor content. And um, they do they do bring out a lot of stuff, but a, a lot of it is very hit and miss, and it yeah. disappears from the promotional side of the homepage very quickly, yeah. you know? There's a lot that this uh, week, there were three films this week, and there's not a single Netflix loose among them. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Right. Um, so what, what, here's, a, here's, a, here's a very, very quick question, because I've always had Amazon Prime as uh-huh. the like postal service. How much is Amazon Prime on its own, like for the video service? I honestly don't know. Like I said, I, I yeah. essentially, I, I essentially buy the Amazon Prime to like the next day delivery thing, like yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the fact I get Prime a bonus on that, I just sort of think, well, I'm getting two things for one. I'm basically that's free. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm paying for the I'm paying for the quick delivery of stuff, and the fact I get the, all the movies, that's sort of a, that's a, that's a secondary thing. Mm. Um. Or I can even look at it all the way. I'm paying that money for all the movies, and I get free delivery as well. You know, why would you want to cut it? I feel like I'm getting something for free. You know, I don't. I, I think it's maybe like three or four nights, three or four. Five, I think maybe maybe five quid a month or something like that. Maybe something along those lines. But it's not much. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm only paying enough. like seven. I think I pay like seven ninety nine for Amazon. You know, and I use Amazon, particularly during this pandemic. I've used Amazon a shit ton, probably yourself as well. It's almost like every two or three days, Amazon man's coming to my door with, with stuff. <laughs> um. You know, I'm beginning to get to know them on a, a personal basis right now. So I get <laughs> I, I get all that stuff and I get all my movies. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep yeah. Amazon feels like it's giving me more value for my money than, than Netflix mm. is. Yeah, well, yeah. Anyway, Netflix is now tied up in my Sky bill. Yes. So it feels like, again, it feels like I'm not really paying it. It feels like it's just there. You know, I don't think it's just a with part of my Sky yeah. bill now. Yeah. You know, That's how they get you. That's how they get me. <laughs> and they have got me. I'm there. I'm with them. Um, what was yeah. your second story? So moving on from that story, it's, you know, people, it's starting now. So, you know, keep your eyes peeled for your Netflix accounts when it's starting to ask you strange yep. questions. Yep. Uh, the second story is actually, you know, relating to an Amazon Prime series is that the boys are getting a spin-off series. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did you hear Who about was? this? No, I didn't hear about this. Who, who's it with? Okay. It's... Uh, it's set in like a college for like superheroes. 
Um, right. We're not going to spoil the TV show in case nobody's seen it. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's set in college for like superheroes. Um, the first two people to be announced are the main girl from the new Sabrina series and a girl from the Rookie Stars. Yeah. So, I'm intrigued. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think it'll be actually quite interesting to be honest, you know. Um, I think like the boys had my attention. I love that we both really enjoyed both seasons of the boys. Um, yeah, yeah. happily go and play in that world for a little bit longer if they want to put more into it. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd have no issue with watching more stuff in the, the boys' world. Um, might actually be quite interested to see it getting freed up from the comics. You know, it's not maybe inherently having to follow a lot of the comic stuff. It can sort of be in that world and do its own thing. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm all for it. And, if it, and the thing is, if I, if I don't like it and it's not something I, I want to watch, I've still got the boys to watch. I don't have to play yeah. it to watch it all. You know, it, it, I can with media just you can pick and choose what you watch. Um, yeah. Yeah. So no, I'm, what, I'm excited to see it. What's quite interesting is it's actually the co- the college is going to be run by a Vought International, so that's yeah. quite that's going to be an interesting spin on it. Uh, just so what's her name? Grazer. Uh, I hope I pronounced this right. It's Liz Broadway is the first one to announce. She'll uh, sure start of it, as yeah. Emma. Uh, yeah, yeah. I see what you have done, Liz Broadway. Um, but no, basically, like, I'm I'm all for it. You know, any any content is good content. Any content is content, and hopefully, it can be good content. Yeah, yeah. I think it's crossing. That's that's all I'm looking for. You know, it's um, yeah. No, I'm I'm definitely all I'm definitely all for it. Good thing is, though, the two people who are uh, I probably should have read this before I started talking, but here we are. Uh, <laughs> the the. People who have managed to get a green light are also the same people tied in with the boys and the developer and executive producer, Eric Kripke. Yep, thank you. Kripke, yep. And uh, the boys EP, uh, where are we here? Blah, 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 blah. Hmm. Uh, it's just people from talking from the TV show. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, in other words, I'm kind of excited about this, like yourself. I very much enjoyed The Boys so far. Yeah. I'm always always looking forward to the next series of that show. Uh, so I'm going to be, it's going to be interesting, especially because it's all pretty much going to be contained within a college and probably flat houses and all that. I can, yeah. I feel it's going to get pretty crazy pretty quickly, you know? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm like, I'm all for it. Like I said, any, any content like that, I'm, in, I'm, I'm a comic book fan. I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan of the boys. I can actually see my boys' collection from where I'm sitting. Um, nice. So I, I, I love the boys. So I'm always interested to see what they can bring to it. If they can bring something different to it, I'm all for it. Absolutely all for it. Yeah. You know, good stories, man. You brought good stories this week. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah, one like, of those things I heard. I heard both those stories like late on into the into the week uh, as I was wrapping up. So I thought, you know what, they're worth talking about. One, one of them affects is quite big. The other one is something to look forward to. Yeah, certainly better than your Dustin Diamond passing away, so that no one gave a shit about him. You know that. Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah. Dustin. I'm sure you're up down in hell. You know, weeping. <laughs> anyway, so. We want to this week's films. We've got three movies to go over, and we'll go over them relatively swiftly, I think, because there's interesting stuff to list, uh, to talk about. First one is an Amazon Prime movie. Um, in fact, there's two Amazon Prime movies. This is the first one, and that is the sequel to Coming to America, and this one is called Coming to America. Not the best. Uh, yeah, fair enough. Um, directed by Craig Brewer, who directed Hustle and Flow, 
Um, but most recently directed Dolomite Is My Name with mm. Eddie Murphy, which is maybe how he got this job. He also directed the Footloose remake, which I actually found quite charming compared to the original. Mm. Um, so this is obviously the sequel to Coming to America, which was released in 1988. So it is a, you know, 30 years in the waiting that I don't think anyone was really calling out for. I think that's fair to say. Like, I love Coming to America. I'm a huge yeah. I think it's a brilliant yeah. film. I think it's anyone, one of anyone's best comedies. But I did need a sequel to it, so I was intrigued to know why the sequel and what's what this is going to bring. The plot of this mm. one is that it comes to light that Eddie Murphy, the king, he well, he becomes a king when the old king dies, but he finds out he's worried because he has not got an heir to his throne. He's got three daughters, and in, in, in this in this nation, the daughters can't ascend to the throne. Lo and behold, he finds out he has got an illegitimate son in Queens from a, a, a swift rendezvous he had at one point when he was in Queens. Um, he goes to America to find him, brings him back to America, brings him back to um, Zamunda. Is it Zamunda? Yeah, Zamunda. Um, yeah. And it's to try and rather than, rather than Eddie Murphy being the fish out of water, it's this new heir apparent who is a fish out of water in Zamunda, and he's trying to adapt to life there. Um, and through all that, life, love, and happiness is, is found throughout the film. Um, and the film, like I say, you've got Eddie Murphy and back as the, the king. Uh, Arsenio Hall plays his right-hand man. Um, and the film is where you've got Wesley Snipes as an overlord of the neighbouring nation who are trying to basically take over um, by either military might or by a mar- a, an arranged marriage. Uh, Jermaine Fowler plays the, 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 the illegitimate son. Uh, you got from the pre- uh, Leslie Jones plays his mum, uh, Tracy Morgan plays his uncle, and from the previous one, you've got John Amos pops back up in it as well. And probably one of the funniest jokes in it, Morgan Freeman pops up in it as well. Mm. Um, I'll start with this one. Um, put it out there, it looks fantastic. This, the costume and the production design is genuinely fucking phenomenal, and it looks absolutely amazing. So bright, so colourful, so lived in. It looks absolutely astounding, and it really is credit to... Yeah. The production designers and the costume designers who are just phenomenal in it, and um, so for that, absolutely worth seeing on a, on a screen. Other than that, it kind of lacks a lot. I thought, like, it just it felt like watching a band play their greatest hits, rehashing mm. their old stuff, but not bringing anything new or interesting to the table to make me want to keep watching. You know, yeah, yeah. just all the same jokes again. And even the jokes that were there weren't funny enough. I laughed out loud, I think, once. And I don't think I was even, I don't even think appropriate to laugh out loud at the joke that was made. So I'll, I'll have to mention it to you off mic is what I laughed out at. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it just, it, it was sort of, it just, it's fine. It, there's nothing bad about it. It's just sort of, it just is what it is. It's all about getting the gang back together. Everyone's back. Everyone seems to be enjoying what they're doing. But it was summed up for me a moment when they make a comment about how remakes are never as good as the originals. It's like, you've got to be a better film to make that joke. 100%. That actually brings me on to the biggest point I was going to make was when they broke the fourth wall to tell that that long convoluted joke about sequels. I was a bit like, yeah, this isn't 30 years down the line, this isn't maybe the time to make that joke, you know? If it, it had been like a couple of years and you made that joke, I right. also, if you had a better film, you could make that joke. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm very much in the camp with yourself. Beautiful to look at, 
colourful as the days long. Yeah. But just too many musical pieces for myself. <laughs> and I always feel, see when a TV show or a film puts in musical sh- moments that aren't, that isn't like a musical, to me it's always been, it's filler. They have no idea what to do, so they're yep. going to put a song in it. And it happens in certain shows and you can forgive it if the seasons are quite long, but this this should have been reclassed as a fucking like musical. It was that often. I was just like, oh come on, man. Yeah, you can get away with it once in a set piece, but you could do it. I think they do it like yeah. three or four times. You go like, yes, this does seem like it try to extend the runtime a little bit. That plus also like showing you uh, clips from the old from the original movie. Yeah, also yeah. it's just a bit like why like. Surely, if you're coming to this, you've already seen the original. Yeah. If not, this is just going to be a really odd movie to watch. Yeah. So also, all that did was remind me of how much better coming to America was rather than yeah. coming to America. To be honest. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'd rather just turn this off and just forget about it and go and watch Coming to America. That's sort of the, yeah. the vibe I had from it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't take anything away from the original. The original is still genuinely brilliant, and the, and mm. the original is still genuinely one of the funniest things. Um, but when they just rehash the joke, like one, of, I think the one joke everyone remembers from coming to America is the royal penis is clean joke. You know, it's you know, it's so so funny, and it's in the first like five minutes of the film, but it's genuinely mm. very very funny. And they do a riff on that in this one. And the thing is, see when it see when it starts, you could see it, you could see it coming a fucking mile away. Mm. You know, it yeah. wasn't even like clever. You go like, I know exactly the joke they're gonna make because it's just but. They thought by putting a wee spin on it, by making like reversing the roles of it, it'd be funny. But going, that is such an obvious joke they're going to make, and like to be so obvious like that just felt so lazy. I know, I know, did it? Yeah, there was a lot of moments like that that I found like this could be a better movie if they really tried. Aye. But I feel like I feel like a lot of to be honest, I just feel like there wasn't a sequel there to be made. There isn't. I really don't. There really is. I feel like this was maybe like a brainstorming idea and then it's been taken too far and nobody's had the heart to say no to it, Aye. you know? I mean, what I would say is great to watch Eddie Murphy being back in, like, on the screen because that's in two films he's been in the last, you know, he's recently been doing a lot of really sort of like kid-friendly stuff. So mm. to see Eddie Murphy back doing sort of more adult movies was mm. definitely is always a joy because the guy is still generally one of the funniest people in the world. You know, when he is on form, he is still brilliant. But yeah, mm. this is not the best show he's talent. I would much rather sit and watch, I would watch Coming to America, the original, but again, or watch Dolomite Is My Name, which was on Netflix mm. last year, which I thought was absolutely phenomenal. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just, like, it's not a bad film by any stretch. It, it seems fine, but just it's just, it did, it did absolutely nothing for me. That's something, like I said, yeah. I laughed properly. I laughed at Morgan Freeman's bit, because I thought it was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. And I laughed at one other joke, which I'll tell you off here. Just A, don't ruin it for anyone, and B, because I'm, I'm not sure how much of it I'm allowed to say. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I'd give it a very average 5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm joining you on that one. I'm giving it 5 out of 10 as well. Very uh, average. Yeah. Um, yeah, very average and very forgettable. Like, yeah. I watched it, I watched it like away at the start of last week once we had finished recording uh, last week's episode just because yeah. I had a few hours up my sleeve. And I made a bunch of notes, and honestly, like I can barely remember the movie. Like about I, outside of my notes, I can barely remember like what the movie actually entailed. Almost, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I'm the same. Just totally drift from memory so so quickly. Um, yeah, yeah. 
on from that, we go to another Amazon Prime film. It's not an Amazon Prime made film. It's sort of they've, they've taken it on. Same as Kevin Hummel. Hummel's Michael was supposed to be in the cinemas. Um, mm. But when it didn't go, when obviously when COVID happened, they basically bought it and put it on. Uh, they bought it from Paramount. I think they might have been happy for this film as well. It's called Escape from Pretoria, which mm. is directed by Francis Anand. This is for all intents and purposes his debut movie. He's done a lot of episodes of Holby City, which is amazing, to be honest. What, <laughs> he's, a, he's a British film. What a jump. What a jump. Yeah. He's done a lot yeah. of shorts as well and a few other things. So this is obviously, he's been, he's been working towards this. Um, the plot of this film that follows two sort of revolutionaries in South Africa who are um, back in the eighties, I think seventies, or seventies, eighties, seventies, eighties. Remember? I think it's like late seventies that it all yeah. kicks off. Aye, so they're all they're basically protesting against apartheid. They're two white guys because they're protesting against apartheid. They're seen, they're basically arrested and thrown in jail, and uh, pretty horrible jail. But they are guys who want to try and break out, and basically the film is following their efforts well, with another man in order to try and break out of this jail and further the you know and, and help the apartheid cause which is, is all good. Because um, they've been thrown in jail for political beliefs as opposed to being, you know, doing anything actually wrong, you know. So, yeah. so you're, yeah. you're on their side. Um, and if only you get Daniel Radcliffe, he plays, I can't remember the character's name, but he plays the main guy. Uh, his, Tim Jenkins. Thank you. His name, his buddy is Daniel Weber from, have you ever seen a movie called The Dirt, which is all about Motley Crue? He played one of the Motley Crue guys. He's also in the um, 11, 22, 63 TV series, which I quite enjoyed. Um, you also got Ian Hart pops up in it, uh, Mark Leonard Winter, and Nathan Page. It's not the most well-known of cast, other than Harry Potter. But it's not Daniel Radcliffe. Mm-hmm. He's in it. Um, mm. I, bet he was, well, I bet he was uh, wishing he had his wand in this movie quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. um, what did you think of this one? This was a good movie. I actually quite enjoyed this movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's always a, it's always a good time. Uh, yeah. I found this movie very well shot, you know, especially as I've now learned a guy who filmed Hobie City, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it's like, so, yeah, uh, yeah, not really much to say about it. It's all kind of like very, very quickly to the point I found with this movie. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, it does not hang about for the runtime of like an hour and 46. It does not hang about. Yeah. It, there's no fluff in it, which I wish there was just a little bit more fluff. Uh, I don't want to ruin it too much, but you'll know what I mean. If you yes. watch a movie, you'll know what I mean. As I found their escape efforts in the very, very early days, I found their escape efforts not very, not very problematic. I found it all very, all too convenient. You know, yes. it's yes. just everything just seemed to work. Whereas. There's been movies in the past where people are escaping from prison and stuff, and they do come across a bigger problems, you know, and they do have to go back and rethink their plans a few times to make it stick. But that's all felt all very too convenient, you know. Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, I thought the the story was great. It was very interesting. It was something I didn't even know about, to be yeah. honest. Uh, so that was actually quite interesting especially the opening bits of it was quite uh, tough to deal with because you're just like you're literally watching like black people getting like pretty much segregated and beaten up by white people and you're yeah. like oh jesus yeah. man yeah not you know? not a good look we, we, we are no. horrible people yeah but it's nice in a way that we have in 2021 we are galloping towards a better future yeah, you know, <laughs> slowly but surely, we're getting there. We're getting there, you know? very, very slowly, very, very surely. Yes. Um, uh, but yeah, I thought I thought Daniel fucking played the magic. 
mm. albeit a questionable fucking South African accent. But, it did you know, waver, didn't it? It's a little bit up and down at times. It is a tough accent. I've heard yeah. that a few times on like videos and by actual proper like South Africans, and it's not. Um, I I would find it very hard to put on if like if you weren't a South African. You know, yeah. it's one of those. Just one of those voices, eh, one of those like accents, it's very hard to replicate it. It's, um, it's so unique. If you try and do it, you can almost turn into like a parody of trying to do it. You know, you don't want to, you yes. want to try and make it real and lived in, which he does for the most part, but I think there's a few times it does sort of slip into almost parody and a little at times it goes a little bit Australian. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Film, I think it was filmed in Australia parts of it, and it's an Australian production company, so that makes a bit of sense. And most of the actors like Daniel Weber, I think is Australian, so is Ian Hart. There's quite a few ah, okay. Aussie, actors, Aussie actors in it, so there was definitely a little bit of that, and the accent slipped a little bit. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I thought, what was it? Uh, yeah, for the most part, I actually did enjoy it, you know what I mean? It's like, it was just, it was just a good movie, you know? Yeah. Not, really, not really much to say about it, to be honest, it was just, I sat, I sat this morning, I watched it with my bowl of cereal and enjoyed it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm with you for the most part. I thought I, I'm a big fan of Prison Break movies. I quite enjoy Prison. I'm not really. Yeah, I've, never yeah. seen, I've never seen Prison Break, but I do like a Prison Break movie. Um, prison Break uh, is red hot for the, <laughs> at least the first good seasons, and then it starts going a bit odd. Um, this reminded me a little bit. It's trying to be. You ever see Escape from Alcatraz? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Plenty Eastwood one, which is yeah. still my favourite um, jailbreak movie. Um, apart from Shawshank Redemption, which is also very good about spoilers for the jailbreak aspect of that. Um, but this one, I didn't think it's anywhere near as engaging. You said you liked the way it was shot. I thought it looked, I didn't think it looked cinematic enough. I thought it looked very much mm. like a TV movie. It did feel quite constrained by budgets. Like, like I saw the same yeah. prison hallway 18 times. It felt like I'm going, I don't really see much scope in this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, there wasn't a lot of like showing you the bigger picture of the prison. And to be honest, I was watching it on my iPad. So, yeah. you know, I can forgive that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. you're more trained in the art of cinema than I am. I will always say that I'm a very generic, like, watcher. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, I don't, I don't really look for things that maybe yourself looks for. But it's... On, on a small screen, it's fine. I think if I went mm. to cinema and see this, I'm a bit going, this feels like a very much a TV movie. And some, mm. all of Radcliffe I thought was very good in it. I thought he played the role well. Mm. I, I'm actually really enjoying Radcliffe, like doing all these kind of like off the cuff. You wouldn't expect him to see, you, sorry, you wouldn't expect to see him in this kind of movie. Oh, and yeah, there totally. he is. You know, I'm loving this. I'm loving this. Like as time goes on, he's actually shaking the Harry Potter universe away from him. And I'm oh, loving yeah. it, man. It's, yeah. it's the freedom you have. You get a Harry Potter universe in your back pocket. You'll make you'll make residuals on that for the rest of your life. You'll make money. You'll grow up the world. You're fine. You're financially secure forever. You know, as long as, long as you don't just you start doing coke, you know, you'll be totally financially fine forever. Which yeah, I think just just, the- just coke. Every yeah, other coke. drug is fine, but coke—that's right. the one that cripples your bank account. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he, as long as he's sensible with his money, he'll he'll be fine forever. So he can do these mm-hmm. films and not take a lot of money from him. He can do what he wants essentially, just to. Satisfy the, the the bug that he's got. Um, yeah. I thought his performance, I do. like you said, the other people in the film, I thought were a little bit yeah, slightly so quite forgettable. They were yeah. quite forgettable, and that's kind of the problem with this film. Much like the coming to America, we talked about a minute ago. It's very this this one is much more solid viewing. I didn't I enjoyed this one more. I thought I got more out of this, mm. but it did sort of not stay long in my memory. 
you know, mm. like I watched it on Tuesday and I'm struggling to remember a key scene from it where it, you know, because it's all well told. It's just sort of it just it yeah. just is. There's no Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I get it. Yeah. Other pictures, no like, sort of amazing thing that it makes it makes it really stand out. It's a well told yeah. story. Slightly drawn out version of events, you know. I was gonna be a bit fed up and watch them trying to pick locks and take up the point of like fucking just we could, we could really condense that into probably one major incident as opposed to over five, six times. You know, like you know, I, I get it, you're making keys, you're making I get it, make a fucking key. Yeah. And if you've done it yeah. once, I could probably take it. If you've done it once, I would accept that in the film. And if I read about it, went, oh, they've done this eight times, I go, oh, that's cool. You only showed it once in the film, but I totally get that. That makes sense why you'd only show it once mm. in the film because you know it gets a point across. But you kept felt mm. constantly just sort of constantly just making goddamn wooden keys. Um which you know <laughs> it's only it, it can only be cinematic for so long doing that, you know, that's the problem. Um yeah. so it does feel a little bit drawn out. Um but it's it's solid Dune. It, but I said it doesn't live won't live all in my memory, but it's, no. it's a, if you're watching it enough a, a, a night after work, you look for something, you know, entertaining to watch. Um mm. Then it, it's absolutely passable and absolutely fine. It's it's a it's a fine watch, um, and no one in it embarrasses himself. It just sort of, I felt like it. It felt like it was constrained by its budget and by who it could get in the film. You know, I think I feel like if it wasn't for Radcliffe in this film, you'd had another generic Aussie actor in it, and this film would be completely forgotten. The only reason why mm. it's in any sort of play and any sort of high press, like and you know, is because of Radcliffe. He is the one thing oh, yeah. that rises above just sort of middling. Um, straight to DVD release. I think that's he's mm. if, it, if, it's from, if it's from get put in cinema, which I think it was supposed to. The only reason it's in the cinema is because Daniel Radcliffe's in it. Oh, 100 percent, dude, hundred um, percent. Sadly for myself, I can't see me ever really returning to watch this. Yeah. Unlike example, like you said earlier, Shawshank Redemption, yes. which is <laughs> at this point almost like an annual tradition annual tradition at some point within the 12 months I will watch it yeah. um, sadly this is going to be one of those movies enjoyed it at the time but sadly it will unfortunately drift into the void of internetness yes very much so I would give it a very a solid but unremarkable 6 out of 10 yeah 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 I was going to give it 7 you know yeah I like that but, yeah Fair enough, man. Seven. Yeah, Seven. Do you like the more? You don't, you don't have to justify it if you like it. You like it. Yeah. But, you know? Yeah. Um, and on to the last film of the week, which is one that's on Apple Plus. If you've got Apple Plus, mm. if you're one of the 10 people, which I think me and Barry might be, who've got Apple <laughs> Plus, you can watch this. Um, it's called Cherry, um, directed mm. by the Russell brothers, Joe and Anthony, who directed Endgame, Infinity War, you know, all the cap, well, Civil War, Winter Soldiers. They're also very invested in Marvel. This is a first mm. non-Marvel-related movie, so they're branching out as their own production company. They're, they're, how do you follow up the biggest movie of all time? You know, but, but how do you? Do it? You know, it's, it's a it's a hell of a task to try and do. Although it's not the biggest film of all time, um, Avatar overtook it again um, this week because Avatar got re-released in China. So it's so I think that's going to happen for the next twenty years. We keep bouncing it back and forth. Yeah. Re-release Avengers, yeah. and then well, anyway. Yeah. So. The plot of this film is based on a book. It's based on, it's semi based on a true story of an uh, army hmm. cadet who goes to, I think it's a, is it Iraq he goes to or Afghanistan, Iraq. Uh, I'll be brutally honest, I don't actually know. Yeah, he goes um, to Afghanistan and or Iraq. Um, yeah. He comes one back of the people, desert wars that have yes. all merged into one another. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Yeah. There was more desert than hills, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Iraq. Right. Okay. Uh, but he comes back with PTSD, and the one thing he finds that can help his PTSD is he starts taking 
drugs, mainly opioids and heroin. And in, yeah. in order to fund that habit, he then starts robbing banks and he had a very successful bank robbing career. Um, but very successful. Yeah. <laughs> and this Some would say a illustrious. Illustrious <laughs> bank robbing career. And the film is yeah. about him, the, the perils of PTSD and also um, addiction and what it does to people and what lens they'll go to in order to, to satisfy that need and that urge mm-hmm. and how it can basically destroy not only them but everything around them and it's sort of mm. examination of everything that's, that's happened. Um, in the film, the lead character is played by Tom Holland. Um, his girlfriend, who gets wrapped up in it, is, Jack, is played by Kira Bravo. Uh, Jack Rayner pops up in it as well. Um, his best friend is Forrest Goodluck, which is a great name. Um, he's a Native American, the gentleman in it. And also Michael Gandolfini, um, who is the cousin Sal, I think his name is. That's um, mm. James Gandolfini's son um, for it. So he's uh. in it, which is quite nice. He's going to be in the Many Saints in New York as well. So nice to see him getting some acting gigs as well. So this one I thought was very interesting. It's a very twisty film. It's quite mm. quite dark. It's definitely definitely in the thriller aspect of it. I would say I reveled in its predictable unpredictability that became predictable. Like you could all, you could see where it was going. Right, you knew what was going to happen to this guy. Like nothing good could happen to him. You know, mm. and that itself at the start, you got a wee prologue at the start where you, you see what you're going to do, but. You're watching, you go, you just feel like you're like watching a really slow car crash. Like, you know how bad yes. it is. And you're like, yeah, yeah. All it takes would be take one second not to do something or a moment just to, to if you, if you zig when you should zag, you mm. might have been all right. Yeah. But you don't, and you can just see it all totally just unfolding and unfolding. You're like, oh, you feel nothing but sorrow for everything that's going to happen to the guy because of that. Yeah. Um, I wonder. If they didn't have that clip right at the very start of the movie, would you be sitting there wondering more about what's going to happen? Or or do you think it helped having that scene at the start? I think it... I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not really a fan of those scenes they have at the start of the film when it's like, you know, you always want like a camera it's pause and go, you will never believe how I got here. And then it moves and it, you know, is a kind of yeah. thing. I don't, I'm not really a huge fan of that kind of start, but I get the purpose of it. Mm. Um, I think... It added context because what would say about the film, the first third of it before you get into sort of like the PTSD and the addiction, you're not really sure what this film is. And with, yeah. you know, because, and you might, maybe that probably was put there so you knew what it was building towards, which was the bank robbery aspect of it. Because the opening 40 minutes of it, you're kind of not really sure what this is. Because it's basically about him, you know, his, his home life, he comes out of home, then he sort of like, he meets this girl and he's like sort of things seem to be going well with the girl. And you're like, well, that's. How's this gonna how's this gonna go awry? Because he doesn't seem to be quite mm. happy with the girl. Um, he's got some friends that he's sort of doing some less nefarious things with, but nothing too illegal. And it's sort of you're going like, where is this gonna go? You know, and you wonder how it's going to devolve. But by having the problem at the start, you're gonna go, you know what it's gonna devolve into, and you're sort of intrigued to know how it gets to that point. But even mm. at that, you just you still know it's never gonna end well for him. You know it's gonna end badly at every turn, you know. So you're just sort of you're but how it gets there isn't a straight line. It's definitely, it you know, it, it zigs and zags and there's sort of other wee B stories in it that sort of keep you interested in it, which I thought was really um, really entertaining. But yeah, it's, it, I enjoyed that part of it. I didn't like the first 40 minutes of it. I liked it, but I found it quite weird how they kept changing the aspect ratio on the camera. So it would go from like sort of widescreen to sort of like almost like fisheye with it most of it blacked out and then it would sort of zoom out again. It felt like they, were, they, were kept, oh, yeah. they kept jumping around with what they were doing. 
it felt like a stylistic choice, but mm-hmm. I'm not really sure what the reason for the choice was. It didn't really make anything. Mm-hmm. They do it in one division, but I totally get it in one division because they're trying to show a TV show to like sort of reality. Like you know, it makes sense, and this is really understanding the purpose behind it. Um, yeah, yeah, performances were all excellent. Um, all very believable, all very lived in, and it, what Joe said it best. Me, she said it gives you a new eyes on something because like you would, you would absolutely hundred percent walk past all the people in this film and go, "What a junkie scumbag!" I bet you just you're doing this purely for, you know, you're, you're a waster, not realizing mm-hmm. that why they're doing it because they are suffering like intense demons because of what they've saw and walking. You know, not every person's mm-hmm. like that, but it, it maybe stops you judging too harshly to begin with. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, that we will once again we will not spoil this movie. Uh, we'll, we'll try our best, uh, but that scene in the desert with the vehicle that turned around the yeah. head back the way that was fucking grim. Yeah, like, even even me and Stacey last night when we were watching it, we even were like, "Whoa, that yeah. is that is fucking out there." Because yeah. uh, you generally don't see that level. You know, at least not for that long. Usually yeah. it's maybe like a passing moment, but for that length of time to be in that scene, you're like, man, I'm, even I'm fucking rooting for this guy. I'm like, you do whatever you have to thing, do, buddy. The, you know, that's the thing in the film. He is a bank robber. He's a guy who's holding up bank. He has a guy who's doing drugs. And he, but you still, you feel you root for him. You feel bad for him. You want him to succeed. But yeah, I think, I think we like, also want to be caught feel, because I don't want to, I don't want to succeed. At the bank robber, because all the bank robber is doing is allowing him to fuel to fuel his addiction. You want him to like sort of fail at it so that he might get help. You feel bad. Sorry, I felt bad from because all of this stemmed from the fact that she literally was just fucking with him, yeah. saying that she was going to Vancouver, and you're like, you pretty much turned him into like a PTSD riddled junkie bank robber, all because you said you were going to Vancouver. Yeah, you know. Third guy, he fucking was just heartbroken, you know. Heartbroken boy, yeah. heartbroken boy. Yeah. Um, it does feel like it's at two hours and twenty-two minutes. It was a little bit longer than it had to be. Yes, I one hundred percent agree. One hundred percent agree with you there. It's a. Uh, I, I found the whole like. I felt like they could have tightened up the whole like uh, army section. I yeah. found that was the drag. It's like there wasn't really much going on there. Uh, that. There was stuff going on, but I felt like a lot of it, it could have been trimmed away and just. You mean the, the scene when he's training, or the mean when he's in, and actually in Iraq? Both. It's like I felt like they could have really tightened up just both bits and just, you know, we get it. He was he went to the army, he done training, he went to Iraq, just fucking tightening it right up. We get it. Let's see the fallout of that because that's the whole point of the movie is what happens when he comes back. But yeah. I felt like that was a large portion of the movie. Oh, I agree. About you know, and I think the rat yeah. stuff is important, but I think you definitely like tighten up the training because the whole point of the training is to show how unprepared they were for this. Oh yeah, totally. You, you could have done that in like two or three scenes rather than like you know sort of a twenty or twenty-five minutes. It seemed to like spend on it. So we're like, yeah, hundred percent. Like I tightened that up. Probably tighten up a little bit of the Iraq stuff and then maybe focus more on the PTSD stuff after it mm. and made it, you know, you know, brought that home a little bit. Um, I did find, I did find like when he came back, <laughs> maybe this is true to life, I have no idea, but I did find it, it escalated very quickly. It it's, like, it's like, it went from, you know, she comes and packs him up in that from like the school uh, when he comes back and then it's like, Oh, I bought like our first home together with like the deposit, yada yada yada. 
And then, like, within, like, a couple of scenes, it's like, and now we're shooting up heroin, and you're like, wait, sorry, what? So rewind the clock here. What did I miss? If I fell asleep again, or what? What did I miss? But that could be the thing, maybe, like, maybe we're saying about, I thought in that escape with Victoria, they used, like, too many scenes to show the same thing in regards to, mm. like, the, the fixing the locks. Mm. A few of it. And this one, it did need almost one more little scene just to sort of fill the gap in between, you know, coming home and feeling depressed to mm. shooting heroin. It needed just a wee, just a moment in there that would just justify that slightly more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, man. Totally. But what I would say is, like, the, everybody in it is great. Cast are all excellent. The, the, the directors, Joe and Anthony Russo, they're, they're, this is far from the MCU you can possibly get, I think. Um, mm. And they are showing that they are filmmakers, they're true filmmakers of note to everything they do, you kind of want to watch and see what they can do next. Because I was very much engrossed by this film. Um, and particularly yeah. with like Tom Holland, you know, Spider-Man has got some range. You know, he can do a lot. Yeah, I know. I, know. Young, I was sitting there thinking the exact same thing. You know, I don't like hearing Spider-Man swear. That upset me. <laughs> Damn you, your potty mouth. <laughs> yeah, didn't like it. Did not like it. Yeah. Um, but he is turning into proper, he is like a proper actor. He is actually, a, he is an actor. He's not just Spider-Man. Mm. You know, he can do a lot. Yeah. He has got the range, which I think is really impressive um, for a company at his age. So we watched him something else recently when I wasn't too engrossed by him, but in this one I thought he was, he was very, very good. Um, yeah. But film itself, I, I, it's much like the Pretoria film in the sense that I can't see myself re-watching this film anytime soon. It was far too, it was kind of depressing, you know, watching it. Yeah, it, like you said at the top, it's, you see the, the reckless damage that like, like, any addiction, but predominantly heroin addiction does to not just yourself, but everything around you. It's like it's like a cancer. It just fucking kills and kills and kills everything around you, and it drags everything down with you. Aye. And yeah, it's yeah, like you said, it was just a slow motion car crash at the best, Aye. you know. But so, yeah. worth a watch, definitely worth a watch. Oh, so, oh, once again, this is like. Like last week thing on it, I find this is once again Apple just doing what Apple does best. It's quality over con uh, over quantity. Absolutely, yeah, agreed. I'm more than happy to pay for Apple TV because of this, because yeah. I would rather pay and maybe not maybe not be on the service every single month unless like, unless something gets released because then you know. You're watching quality cinema or TV show. Yeah, you know. The thing we've watched on Apple TV for this podcast so far have been this, which was very good. Greyhound, mm. I think we both enjoyed. Mm. Um, Ted Lasso, which I know we both really enjoyed. Yeah, yeah. And the Beastie Boys documentary, which I thought was nothing short of brilliant. So yeah, yeah. Apple TV has given me a lot more value. Maybe not a lot of value for money because how much we're paying for it, but. Um, I feel what I've got from Apple TV, I feel is definitely better quality than anything else. 100% agree, dude. It's yeah. a, I, I feel that, I don't, I think it's because like Apple TV is now tied in with my, with my phone service as well. So I don't really mind like paying the fiver because to me, that's just like a lunch if I don't make something in the house. Yeah. So to me, that's it's more than justified. And like you said, they're not pumping out content every single fucking week. And I'm more than ha- I, I'm more than happy with that. Like it, like we've discussed off here, Donia as well. Netflix is becoming the fucking dumpster 
for fucking streaming services if yeah. they don't curtail the amount of content they're pumping out. It's going to get to the tipping point where people will just see it as, why am I paying like $7.99 and there's like almost nothing on it that that I've not already watched or watched again, you know? All, all I'm getting is serial killer documentaries, which I've seen yeah. too many of them now. Yeah. Um, you get the I, fucking gist. Yeah, but Cherry, very, very enjoyable film. I would give it a very solid mm. 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to join you on that one, dude. I was going to give it a 7.5. Very good. A lot of stuff very to watch. I like to see the length cut down. There's a few things that I wasn't a huge fan of, but overall, yeah. it's a very, very solid watch. Very good watch. But mm. I cannot see myself watching this again, ever. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah. it, it's I find it's like a, it's about like train spotting to me I don't really have any desire anymore to go back and watch train spotting you know yeah. it's just you know it's one of those movies iconic you watch it boom that's it done you yeah. know there's no reason to go back you know yeah I, I can't say I've been in a headspace going oh you want watch that cherry film again there's so much joy in that film but you know I'd rather watch uh, Coming to America to be honest um but yeah, so the life lesson is don't fuck with guys' emotions like that. Yeah, don't move to Vancouver or I think it's Montreal. Yeah. Don't move to Montreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number one, the Canadians yeah. play there. We don't like the Canadians. Um, I mean, our, our excuse was really sloppy as well. I don't know if you remember, but it was like, our excuse was really sloppy. It was, oh, I'm moving to Montreal. And then it was, and we can't really be together because we're going to be in a different country. Right. And like, well, this is quite, this is like a modern film. So it's like, how can you not make that work? Yeah, yeah <laughs> true. You know? Um, yeah, so that's us for this week. Next week, we've got some interesting stuff to watch. Um, you've been intrigued by this, I think. Ooh. So on Netflix, we have one called Yesterday. Okay. It's all about parents who allow their children to say yes. They have to say yes to everything their children want to do for a full day. So it's kind of like yes, man, but it's like yes day. So it's yeah. Look, look I, I, I'm down for that shit. I love that kind of positive kind of. Though this might be a complete fucking car wreck because it's children get to decide. So the yeah. like ice cream for breakfast, which I'm all down for. But yeah, I'm all for this, man. It looks fun. Hopefully, it's a nice fun family film. We need some fun family films, so we'll watch that. Also on Amazon Prime, we've got Rogue, which is. Megan Fox hunting a giant killer lion. So right, okay. look forward to that. And on Friday this week out is the one we've all been waiting for, which the world, the whole internet has been moaning for for the past four years, and that is Zack Snyder's cut of the Justice League, uh, the new version of this. So that is out on Friday. And I, I think it might take us to Sunday to watch that, but that is out on Friday. So I'm going to look at that. I see the problem is I've not even seen the original fucking cut. <laughs> You might be a better place to watch it. You might, you might, if you watch it and you just enjoy it, then that's great. You know, I'm coming from mm. a position of I've seen the original, so I'm sort of, yeah. I'm, I'm now feeling because the original's a fucking long haul, man. I sit and watch the original with this week just to sort of so I can compare and contrast. Yeah. But I don't know if I can be, put the effort into watch the original again because the original was just not very good. Mm. Which, yeah, so. uh, it's like you're just like, come on, man. Like, why did they? Why did the studio fucking green light? Green light this? Excuse me. The internet, like, the internet wanted it, the internet demanded it, they gave people what they wanted. Um, but that's us. We're only three songs next week because Justice League is apparently 19 hours long, so um, we'd have to you know save some time before we before we watch that. Um, but also, the nice, quiet, nice, quiet hour and a half long, so we can sit and enjoy them. Nice, man, nice. Tell me what you find us. Oh, the usual social media haunts at Three Beers in a Movie. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And for this week, I've been Richard, you've been. Bobby. And you've been listening to... Three 
Sen 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 Sen